My name is Jeff. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. We haven't done an episode of Pizza Punk in quite some time. I hope the microphone sounds okay. I'm in a sort of weird clandestine situation where my Wi-Fi is shoddy. And so I've not been able to broadcast regularly with my live schedule. But I got to tell you, I am. I'm a little bit nervous right now. I'm super excited for this show. I'm going to give this a little bit of an introduction, even though you already know who's here because you see the episode you you searched on YouTube and you found the episode, and that's why you're here in the first place. So let's let's go back a little ways. The year is probably 2000, it's 2009, fall of 2009. I'm living outside of the US at the, at the time. Somebody sends a, it's an EP, it's a free EP download. This is at the, the height of, you know, digital downloads, like digital downloading, yada, 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 that kind of thing. And um, it's a free Halloween EP from this band called Zambina and the Skeletons. And, you know, up to this point, in the genre of whatever you want to call it, I don't know, you know, this is actually a separate side topic because, you know, Zambina and the Skeletons is not so easy to categorize. They have a very eclectic sense of, of musicality, but we'll get into that in a second. I, up until this point, you know, when I think of like horror music in general, whatever you want to call it, it really begins and ends with the Misfits and Sam Hain and whatever. For me, at that time in 2009, Zombina and the Skeletons is my first foray into other types of music that might fall into those similar musical pools, if you will. And I heard this... I heard this song, Dracula's Tango, and I'm going, what in the fuck is this shit? It's awesome. I'm on a bus, and it's just this, it's like this this thing. And then the next song, and I'm going, oh, there's a theme here, because now they have a song about Strangelove, Dr. Strangelove, I guess. That's what this is, right? And then there's a song called Show Me Heaven. I'm going, like, wow, it's just like, it's jumping all over the place. And I was hooked. I went down a rabbit hole. And I got very deeply heavy into their music. And I got to tell you, I have wanted to chat with these cats for a very, very long time. Be between logistics, it's very hard to make things happen in general. And I'm so grateful that they're here. They're in the waiting room right now. They're in the special green room in the studio away from home. And I'm going to bring them in right now. I felt like they needed a proper introduction. This band doesn't get talked about enough, doesn't get enough love. They do a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of different auxiliary bands, you know, side project bands, other bands, main bands, yada, yada, yada. And without further ado, the nucleus, the core of Zombina and the Skeletons, Zombina and Doc, welcome to the show. Oh, oh, wait, I don't like that. Let's, let's change it. <laughs> oh my God, what's going on? No, no. Yeah, yes, good. <laughs> hey. Hi. Hi guys. How are you? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Oh, man. How are we? So so let me ask a question. First first and foremost, because you know, I I when I read about you guys, when I first was like, okay, so what's up with this band? I'm like, holy crap, they're from Liverpool. And I'm going. And, and I want to know, from your perspective, is it like 
is it like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, we're in the we're from the same town as the Beatles, and you hear that a lot, yada yada yada, or is it like something that you guys are into? Tell me about that. I just always found it cute. I'm quite proud of it. I think like it's not it's the Beatles are the obvious one, but there's just like tons of amazing bands. There was like a big explosion in the eighties, wasn't there? Um, <clears throat> and uh, I just always found it. Yeah, quite nice. What about you, Doc? Yeah, I also found it quite nice. I, th um, <laughs> I think it's, it's like, it's quite a lot of people in Liverpool are in bands. It's like a cultural thing. Um, like, especially when we were kids, like almost everyone we, we knew was playing in a band or would know, you know, someone who was playing in a band or had a brother in a band or something like that. It's just, it's just the sort of thing that you do. Yeah, like if you were referencing someone to each other, like if me and our old drummer would be saying about like, oh, some some cute guy would be like, which band is he in? Like, yeah. or, you know, if you were saying like, oh, do you know that, do you know that girl such and such? She's like, which band is she in? Like everyone was in a band and yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was true. It was the norm. That's, that's really interesting. You know, it's funny what, because usually when you think of Liverpool, the identity goes immediately to the Beatles, but I didn't know that there was uh, that there was like a another sort of thing that happened in the eighties as well. That's very interesting. I was not aware. Well, that's of... all you. You know, Frankie goes to Hollywood and Echo and the Bunny Man and uh, Julian Cope. Well, uh, Dead or Alive. Those are all Basically, Liverpool bands. Yeah, everyone. Everyone who was in the charts in the eighties pretty much was um, was from Liverpool for some reason. OMD. Wow. That's I, that, something in the water, man. Flock of seagulls. Yeah. yeah, they all lived on the same little street. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. This is really crazy to me. And you know, what's his face? The guy from Flock of Seagulls. He has what we affectionately we were trying to figure out on the show one day. We're like, you know, this is like a devil lock before the actual devil lock. But what do you call it? Because it's blonde. So we decided that it was an angel lock. So the flock of seagulls guy, he came, he started it all with the angel lock way before the devil lock in 1979. So, something to be proud of. I yeah, think. Apparently that came about um, by accident. He was trying to do a quiff and like seconds before they went on stage, someone just came up and slapped him in the back <laughs> of the head and he just fell down over his face and he had to go on stage and like that. But then and everyone stuck was like, that. yeah, look at his hair. And it, 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 they won the <laughs> That, that's what happens. It, yeah, it's, I believe it's, you know, what they say. If you, if you hold it like that, it'll stick like that forever. And that's... <laughs> That's what happens. Now, one other thing, and I'll, and I'll really well I'll shut up about the Beatles. I'm a huge Beatles fan. I love the Beatles. I've read many books on the Beatles. One last thing. Is it true that, it, is this like, it, it, and maybe this is just like an outsider thing and that this is not true and you guys can confirm or deny that. So is it like everybody has, there's some sort of like spider web, like somebody is like the, the there's like, it's like six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon when it comes to the Beatles because of the locality in relation. Yeah, of course, of course. Because yeah. everyone's like, everyone's mum or auntie at least was like there or uncle was there at the time and like right. has some sort of like connecting story, whether it's like, oh, my nan's, my nan's son went to play group with Ringo or like, oh, like, um john winked at my mum in the cavern when they were playing you know like yeah it is like that isn't it dog? Dog. what <laughs> paul mccartney is my auntie's dog yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> right but that's what that's what's like so that's what's so interesting 
about that. So to see that about you guys and be like, whoa, these, these guys are from Liverpool. Like, it's kind of blows my mind. Like really does blow my mind. And then let's talk about like the sound of your band. Okay. It's like, I've, you know, I've tried over the years to sort of categorize it. And I would say, you know, there's definitely like some Devo in there. There's, you know, there's a, maybe a little bit of uh, 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 Blondie, a little bit of, there's some punk, there's a little bit of Scott. You're, you guys are very, very eclectic. How does that, how, how does all that stuff find its way into the music? I think, I, think it, I, I always think it will dog writes most of the music but obviously i like i know it well um like i feel like a lot of it was back to front wasn't it like didn't we just start and then like we only knew like a handful of the bands that like became our influences but it was kind of after the fact because people were telling us that we sounded like them mm. so they were like oh you really sound like this person or your voice is like this person or like oh do you like this band you sound like and, and we like discovered a lot of our influences like back to front because people were telling us that we reminded them of them and then it like it just developed because we listened to them loads and yeah i think there's also like the way we listen to stuff we, we were never like uh just listening to one sort of music ever we, we even when we were kids it was like really anything like the, we would listen to like a metal tape get a bit bored put on some oldies and then listen, then just listen to like the charts or what have you that you know there wasn't um there was no real theme to what we enjoyed listening to so it's never we never wanted to be, just to be one thing that's cool. yeah. there is a there's like a cabaret theatricality to the music as well and i think it comes from the eclectic styles you know it's not like as you said you know it's like what whatever you're kind of listening to it's not you're not rooted it's like oh well we only do punk we do punk rock we're, we're punk rock bands we should only write punk rock songs it's like there it just it runs the gambit and then you know you have a song that has like a weird instrument that may not be normally you know you know the the style of music wouldn't necessarily require that instrument and the song i'm thinking of in particular is a song like tomb of the blind date which sounds like <laughs> there's some sort of in the chorus set or I, i'm not a musician so i forgive my vernacular the it sounds like there's like a violin or something in the background i mean i know you probably don't remember what you put there or something no, but it, was, it, it, it was um a friend of ours called Josie that um, played violin and we tried to simulate like a string section by just overdubbing oh. it over and over again. So there was like 20 copies, um, but it just ended up really buried in the mix, which is a shame because it was a, I think that there, I think there's an alternate mix somewhere where you can, where you can really hear it. And it was, it was really cool, but um, the guy mixing it, I guess, just wanted to go more guitar-y with it. Well, you. it's definitely like, I, you know, it's one of those things it's kind of like, you know, listening to Archangel by Sam Hain and you think that there's a saxophone at the end and it's not, it's just guitar or you listen to Meatloaf Bat Out of Hell and you're like, is that really a motorcycle? Nope, it's a guitar. So I wasn't really sure if 
I'm hearing strings or not on Tomb of the Blind Date, but I love it. I, I love, love that, that it's there. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah, very, it, cool. very cool. All right. So tell me, well, hold on. Should we get, let's get the pizza question out of the way since, you know, Doc is waiting on some pizza. I was just going to say, I just want to own the fact that I'm in a takeaway right now. I need to carry on eating. <laughs> Go ahead. Please, please. That's what this show is all about. Like for real, you know, the first episode we did initially when I started the show, I was going to like, like try and coordinate with my guests like we should be eating pizza while we're having the discussion and so i had paris from the chromags on and we were both eating pizza it, it was it was good but there's just it's a it's a lot of mechanics so there's a lot that goes into it i figured it's better to just talk about pizza <laughs> speak of the devil you can't handle it pizza. anymore yeah, and, and what are uh, Zambina? What are you eating right now? If you don't mind me asking, what is your takeout? Your I've takeout got food? like tofu, kung pao. That's and great. And spring rolls. Nice. That's wonderful. I haven't had anything like that in quite a while. I no. It. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of spring rolls. There we go. He's got the pizza. I'm I'm so stoked about that. That rules. Um. So let me ask my question. This is the thesis question. It's the one question that we ask every guest here. And when I say we, I really mean me because there's nobody else here. But <laughs> is pizza punk? And if pizza is punk, why is it punk? And if it's not punk, why is it not punk? And very subjective answer. Whatever you say is going to be correct. So go ahead. My reference points for pizza and punk is just the Ramones and the Ninja Turtles. And so to me, yes, it is. And it's just it's just easy, isn't it? And a bit a bit dirty, but so good. <laughs> I, I I can't quite decide. Like I think that out of the if you you've got like sort of made made on site DIY pizza, which could be punk for that reason. Or you've got like supermarket pizza that's just like convenient and quick. And could be punk for that reason, but then they can't both be. One no, I'm with you. Supermarket pizza is not. One of those two forms of pizza is a poser, but I can't quite put my finger on which one. Oh no! Now I'm going deeper in because <laughs> the supermarket one isn't. Well, that's the cheap, affordable one that you can do yourself. I get you. Mm. Wow, this is profound pizza talk. <laughs> I got to tell you something, and and Doc, I hope you don't take any offense to this, but Andina, <laughs> your your accent sounds. I'm not going to butcher this word. I'm so embarrassed right now, but I have to say it. You're. I, I am enamored with the the Scouse. Is it Scouse? Yeah, Scouse. Accent? You have a very. I can really pick up on the Scouse. The Scouseness, Doc. Yours is. I feel like I feel like yours is not there. It's, it's not, not really. Yeah. People always say this. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I think I've just got a very mealy mouth, or whatever the word is. Mealy <laughs> 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 mouth. Well, all I know is I, you know, I guess out, you know, once again, if you're not from Britain, you're fascinated by all the different. There's so many different dialects. Oh, we're fascinated by them here. There's so many accents and yeah, dialects and there's you have London, you got proper London, like Tim Curry in Rocky Horror Picture Show London, <laughs> London accent, you got Birmingham, you got 
uh, the Cockney one, the rhyming one. You got um, Jeff. Hang on a minute. As you say each one, can you try and say hello just in each in each accent? Okay, let me see if I I don't know. I, I love this game. Good on you. I love this game, but I don't know <laughs> if I can do it. All right, so now I feel like kind of a poser because I can't exactly. Okay, all right. Well, there's one. Okay, you you guys will you guys will call them out. There's one where it's like the the first letter is dropped off entirely. Like it's just like hello, hello. <laughs> that's that's Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, that's Dick Van Dyke. That's Dick Van Dyke in English. Oh, because of because of the chimney sweep from from Mary Poppins. Yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah, okay. that doesn't actually belong anywhere. Well, it's a bit pastiche. Okay, okay, and then you have, and then you have this, and this is something that I've seen. Steve Jones do a lot where it's like it's like there's like a f sound at the beginning for th <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's like no, of course. instead of thank you it's thank you something like that yeah right right am I right yeah that's a certain a certain like cockney wide boy thing okay okay and then there's the the Scouse accent, which is my favorite of all. And like you know, <laughs> endlessly trying to do my 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 Beatles impressions and trying to find the different. There's so, there's so you know you got your average pigeonhole Beatles impression, but they're so varied and and the different. You know, you can really if you you can put on a blindfold and know who's talking or who's doing an impression of who. So you have the Scouse one, right? And then. The, the Tim Curry thing I was talking about that he's doing for Frankenfooter is so I guess that's like the proper the the proper London or sort of like the the uppity London accent yeah. where it's like you say we say you... Queen's English yeah Queen's English okay yeah. it's like house yeah, mouse something like that <laughs> 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 oh man. Oh man, I'm fool myself, but I can't help it. I can't help it. So how did I do? Did I do did I do okay? You got the knowledge. Okay. And then there's Cockney, which I don't understand at all. This makes no sense to me. I know that you can, if you're telling lies, they're piggy pies. And I just think it's just really difficult. It's really difficult to know. I feel like I might just talk nor I might just talk like you know like as a new yorker and say something and then it means something else in the rhyming slang and i might offend somebody from cockney and they just might be like you know why did you say that to me you know because how am i supposed to know that piggy pies are little wise no it's, it's porky pies oh porky pies sorry so sorry see See, that's, I knew it was something. It was something with pies and lies. And, and I like the idea of you fretting over saying something and not realizing that you were saying I something in rhyme. Just was asking what time it was. <laughs> like, relax, relax. I just wanted to know what time it was. No, but it's, it's all very, it's all incredibly fascinating. I did get to sort of, I, I went around I got to go around England um, for a week and it was, it was I actually, you know, it was very cold. I got, I caught, you know, if you're not, 
if you're not accustomed to the to the chill, the, there's like a damp <laughs> in the winter, and it, it, it's a chill. It goes right through you. And man, it was it, it was pretty gnarly. It was pretty gnarly actually, but it was amazing to be there. Go to Stonehenge, see all these cool places. I loved it. I thought it was great. But anyway, as back, back to Zombina and the Skeletons for a second. For a second. So tell me. How did you guys link up? How, how does how does it all begin when when you when you guys start Zombie and Skeletons? I stalked him in school for a couple of years with like a teenage crush. Went to see his his like grunge band, Dog Flambe, um, and yeah, then we we teamed up and started the band, didn't we? Like the first time we actually played together was. You, um, we like Doug Flambe was trying to do a Nirvana thing as you do. We were like 13 year olds and we had seen, um, the Unplugged concert, so we thought you, you had to get you know violins and cellos on stage with you. So we'd, we, we used to do like a thing at school where all the bands in school would play in the school hall, and um, we 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 tried to have this big emotional moment where we'd have like a string section come on and um, Zombina was playing the violin. Um, but we didn't know how to do it, so it was, it was all feedbacking, and you couldn't really hear it. And I remember like a coin bouncing off my head at one point that someone threw. Um, but that was it was that was fun, and it was like you know we should do another thing <laughs> that isn't that. Yeah, that was a beginning. When did you did you have you played a violin since then? Um, I did a time. I did some sort of you know just spooky sound effects, didn't I, on a zombie anything? But no, oh, yeah. Didn't have the, um, I got to a certain point, but I just, I don't like practicing things. So that's why I stuck with singing. You know, I just, I can do that straight away. And I don't like band practice too high dog. So <laughs> even practicing singing is a bit like. Um, How does that work? Like before a show, do you have like the, do you do the whole thing in the dressing room where you're just like, me, 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 No, me, I should. Sure. No, I'm really like stupid about it because i damaged my voice i like like badly injured my voice on a tour that we did just by partying hard i was just a, an idiot like just like just absolute we were on a sleeper bus with three or four of the bands and for like what two and a half three weeks mm. and i just i smoked loads i got so drunk that i was like and I'm I'm wild when I'm drunk and I was just I was just screaming and shouting all night after the gig and I just caused myself like actual like it was like chronic laryngitis I think they said after I got back and they said like your vocal range is all like you know and everything and so I should do all that stuff but it was that song raised in hell when we started playing that because there's no other song where you have to shriek shred it yeah yeah, but doing that every night was kind of um, probably not the best idea. It's a great song. And there's like a little, there's like a bridge. I love that little bridge part. You know, the, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to attempt it right now, but it's like that little bridge part is really fun too. Before it goes into back into the, you know, I don't know. What, what is that? What do you call that? Is that a middle eight? Is that a bridge? What is it? Yeah, it's like a middle eight followed by a bridge. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. It's great. It's really great. Um, so that's, man, that is tough. You know, people, I don't think people understand that about singing. You know, if you're, if you are touring that, 
it, you got to treat, I guess you got to treat your voice. Like it's like, uh, like it's a guitar or a saxophone or, you know, whatever a keyboard like needs to be like Nicholas cage. He always talks about him himself, his body. Like he is the instrument of his acting. He, he calls it my instruments. Good on him. Right. So it's like the, the voice is the instrument as well. So that's, but that's, I'm sorry that happened. I hope that ha have you been able to has there been some uh uh convalescence, some uh uh whatever you want to call it, recovery in in that area? Yeah, I mean it was years ago and I I just like rested it for ages. I literally went to my auntie's house and like was like I think she may have been locking me in and unlocking the door to bring me food. I think it was that extreme. It was like I went to her house to not talk. <clears throat> And I think I was breaking up with my boyfriend at the time, who was our drummer. So we had been fighting as well. So it was just like the whole thing was like, like vocal unrest. Um, Doc, are you going to have some pizza? Yeah, eat, Doc. Eat your pizza. Listen, Doc, let me give you a cup. Is it, it's the, um, the gluten-free Papa John's. And they don't when they use this base. They just leave it whole and you have to tear shreds off it. Off of it. <laughs> or, get, or go and get a knife. I'm not going to go and get a knife, so I'm just going to have to pull this off. Well, I'll tell you, I, I learned in that very first episode I was talking about where when Paris was talking, I was trying to shove like like whole slices of pizza in my maw as, much, as greedily as I could before he stopped talking so that way I could then talk. It was just such a bad – it was very dysfunctional for – you know, as, as long as one person is not eating pizza, it like works because that way, you know, you can, you know, one person goes in for the bite and the other person can like, just like, you know, because uh, you don't want any dead air. You don't want any dead air. You don't want just like, I, I will say this. I did a video. I did some reaction video thing on my channel and I didn't realize at the time that you could mute your mic, right? You can mute the mic. And so I, I'm, I'm taking vitamins taking vitamins or as zombina would say if she was singing a song vitamins, vitamins. yeah you did it vitamins. vitamins vitamins i was taking my vitamins and <laughs> i could the, the the crinkling of the wrapper everything i guess it got picked up in the mic i didn't know this you know i got a bunch of views and everybody in the comments over and over again was just just like so mad they were so pissed <laughs> And I learned, I learned my lesson. And so like every, every response was in capital let, caps lock. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I learned my lesson. So I feel, I feel like you were wronged. I feel like they overreacted to that, Jeff. If that's what happened, don't be so sorry. You, you would say you were looking after yourself. Is just, just people eating food. There's this, have you seen these mukbang videos? It's like a thing where you just listen. It's like, this is what it sounds like eating peas. ASMR. No. Spaghetti. Sounds yeah. like. Yeah. I used to be a waiter for years and years and years. And so it's like ingrained in me, like this idea of customer service in some way, shape or form, where I'm just like, first thing out of me is, you know, because when people, when people, you see people's real personalities when they're eating in a way, like at a restaurant, like it's like <laughs> something reptilian in the back of the brain comes out. And they just kind of like, you see the way they treat people when they're ordering food from a waiter, you kind of get a gist of who they are. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 
right? And so like yeah. the best the best way to diffuse someone right off the bat is, I'm so sorry about that. What can I do to make it better? You know what I mean? Like just diffuses them instantaneously. And what I find, and they say that YouTube comments are some of the most toxic places on earth. Half of the time when you say, I'm sorry, they're like, it's okay, man. Just don't let it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that works, but it works. Um, so, so you guys got together, you start playing. When does it, let me ask you this. When does the band go from just like sort of doing, you know, the, the, this, you know, the gig at, and again, I don't know what, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying generalized. I'm not talking about you guys specifically, but when you go from doing the, the high school talent show to being like, you know what, like, all right, let's start playing these, these clubs and okay, let's, let's book a tour. Let's go out and do a tour. Like, how does that, how does that shift happen? If you can, if you can put it to words, maybe you can't up to you. Yeah, you definitely have to do this one because I don't remember at all. This is one of my yeah. memoryless um, black holes. The, the first show we did was in a bar because there was a bar that was really lackadaisical and just allowed teenage kids to come in and um, take over the basement. And I remember they used to like, they had no one stood behind the bar and kid, kids would just be helping themselves to beer and stuff. And it was really chaotic. Um, but then I think that the same kids that were doing that, like a couple of years later, were putting on actual shows in more legitimate places. And I know you just saw other people doing it. So you, you, you went along and also booked a bunch of things. You just say, oh, that place allows bands to play. Let's book a thing in there. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember being in my mum's? We were in my mum's and we had, we got the phone book out, like the yellow yeah, pages, yeah. and we went through and we, we went through all the clubs and we were like, oh, that pub's called the UFO, let's play that one. And we yeah, called yeah. it and like started talking to them and they were going, oh, and all the flying spiders and that. Well, no, we, had a letter, we had a letter that was completely full of lies saying that we had this um, amazing <laughs> stage show because we thought like one day we would have an amazing, amazing stage show. <laughs> So we were just like promising. We were very, very young. So we didn't, we didn't. I don't think we quite got. We didn't think we were lying. We he said we were, giant flying spiders coming yeah, yeah, to the audience. There was going to be giant flying spiders involved and all this kind of thing, and sent it off to different bars and things. Then we get phone calls back saying. Is it, you know, is it safe? <laughs> Can wow. kids allowed to watch it? Whatever. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's like the type of stuff that you have to do. Some might call that faking it until you make it, you know, that kind of thing. Or, mm. I mean, that's to, I, to me, when I hear that, I, I think it's, ad, it's admirable. It's tenacious, you know, like you just, you're getting out there. It's a hustle, you know, and you're talking about, now you guys started around 98, 99. So it's mm. like, the internet is a resource, but not in the way that we use it today. So it's like, yeah, you're opening up the phone book. You're like, that place looks cool. It's like an extension of going to the record store and being like, hmm, that I can't listen to the record, but that album has a cool cover. I'll pick that up. It's like the same thing. It's like you're you're just looking up, oh, I like the name of that place. Let's check it out. Let's try and, you know, make a list of all the places. It's obvious what, what you were meant to do. So that, yeah, so we just did what we could. <laughs> That's so cute. And, and, you know, and then at the same time, you're also, you guys have done for, you know, 
that you guys got an accolade sometime a while back. And it's an accolade that actually kind of makes me really mad on one hand. They, they called you the best. Forgive me if I'm messing this up. Correct me if, I'm, if I got it wrong. You were the <laughs> best unsigned band in the in, in, in or something. Something like that. What was? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. I did. <laughs> okay, you got. I we got to Google it later. But there's you guys were like given this accolade of like the best unsigned band. But at the same time, you guys are putting out records all the time. You have a record label, mm. Echo Plastic Records. Echo Plastic, yeah. Echo Plastic Records, and you're making music videos. That's how I'll tell you. That's the very next thing I did. I heard this EP, which you released for free for Halloween 2007, the, the, the Halloween, whatever. I don't remember the name of the EP. I don't. <laughs> I didn't know about that one. Maybe it was a bootleg. Are you sure? There, there was a four track EP that was released on Halloween as like a, a thing or something. I remember, I remember recording it and everything, but I don't remember the artwork or what oh. it was called. Um, it, well, in any case, I just, I just remember that it came out in 2007. I heard it in 2009. And then I went on YouTube and I started looking you guys up. And that's when I found the, the, uh, the uh, Dracula Blood video. I was like, who, what if, I was like, I'm seeing the outfits, the color-coded outfits. So you got the color-coded outfits going on. Where does that come from, that inspiration as well? I know we were just talking about recording. We'll get back to that in a second. Just what, what, whose idea, what was, what's behind the idea to do black and yellow sort of outfits, which looked really cool, by the way. We thought they were the two colors that hadn't been done. I think was was it, wasn't it? I think everyone, everyone already owned black and something else. Yeah, and black and red was done to death. Murder <clears throat> dolls, black, black and red, I think, wasn't it? And, well, and craft work and... Yeah. Um, I don't know, like the uniformity was like, yeah, all of the... Craftwork and Devo and who else? Probably the Beatles, like that thing of all being dressed the same. Um, but yeah, it's true. Black and yellow. We thought like that one's not but then... anyone's obvious thing. We handmade those costumes as well. Our merch girl at the time, Gooly Martian. She um she made my dress and I made the t-shirt. Oh, I think it was John as well, Johnny Tokyo. And me made the t-shirts. And obviously we made the video. I mean, you can tell we made the video. Oh, it's a great <laughs> video. And I like the one for evil science is fun. Weird. What's that? Oh you're yeah. In the, you're in the 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 um wheelchair. Oh see, I that I wasn't in the wheelchair for this reason, but then I was like really sick still with that bad voice thing. Oh wow. That was still after that. Um mm tour and i'd got some sort of like leggy as well wow yeah so that video um, i remember just being horrible i remember he said don't yeah. bring your fake blood i've got some brilliant fake blood that we can use and then it was like washing up liquid and water or something and they put it in our eyes and then the whole day we were just like <laughs> and, um, all i really remember is walking around squinting um <laughs> <laughs> but the the idea to make you're making music videos yourself and putting them on YouTube, which I mean, again, like we like we haven't even I, I never I never unpacked this, but like 
to think about like YouTube from the year 2005 to 2010, <laughs> it's still like such a new thing. You know what I mean? Like we don't think of YouTube as a place for music videos back. I mean, they existed obviously, but like it just wasn't, YouTube wasn't what it would be in the next decade. So it's kind of like, so you're, it's like you're, 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 you're making these videos when this thing is like brand new and you're also doing a ton, a ton of recording. Um, and doc, you, so doc, you are, you are a music engineer as well. Right. Would you call yourself that? Um, I don't How work as work? one, but I've, I've, I've got qualifications, really old qualifications that are quite out of date now. And you do do that with, with like most of your free time for like your own projects. Yeah. I spend all my time doing music tech stuff, but yeah, I'm not a working engineer or anything like that in the professional I, world. I, I would say that that's exactly what you are. I mean, yeah, me too. Like that, yeah, that's like, you know, that's the whole, that's the whole thing about being a filmmaker. Like it's so hard to call Like you don't ever want to call yourself a director or a filmmaker or something. Cause it just sounds, cause if you're not in Hollywood, you know, doing it for a living, then, you know, you feel kind of like silly saying it, but it's like, if you're doing the thing then you're the, you're the thing. If you, so quite clearly you're, you're an engineer. Does that, where did that start for you? Does that, is that come from like a plate? Is that like a, a thing of necessity? Like I always want to be able to record music and I don't ever want to like have to rely on someone else to do it or where, where does it come from? Yeah, exactly. That just um, needing to be able to do it in, in the, the minutes where you, you have time to do it and you don't have to spend loads of money on a studio. I think we have over time gone to real studios, but the number of shows you have to play as a small band to build up enough money to go to a studio for like two hours or something, even in those days was a lot. So we, yeah, it wasn't productive. So we had to learn how to use computers. Um, Zambina's brother basically taught me how to record via a computer when it was in, a, in the days when it wasn't um, wow. common practice. So our first album was all because of the limitations of computers in those days, it was all like small loops. Anything, everything except for you know, like a, a vocal or something, but you couldn't get away with it. But to save processor power, everything had to be, you know, four bars of bass repeated and put in the correct place, and well, wow. everything bounced down as much as possible. Um, very, very, very learny. <laughs> I, I find it. Listen, I find that as, again, as someone who does not play music, I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not a sports guy. I don't follow sports at all. Music is my sports. So mm -hmm. to me, I find this stuff find this stuff fascinating especially i mean you know again to bring up the beatles one one more time in limitations they recorded sergeant pepper with four tracks it was a four track machine that they used to do that you know it's kind of incredible when you think about it they're bouncing they're like recording orchestras and then bouncing that down to one track it's like you're losing a generation every time you do it and they're bouncing it down to one track because they need more room it's like kind of insane when you think about it and people like think about like what Sgt. Pepper is, even though I don't think it's the best Beatles album personally. That's just me. Um, so you, you're going on, you're, you're recording. Now, I wanna know specifically about certain songs that again, like I, I've never spoken to you guys, but I've always like, I've, this music has rattled around in my brain for a long time and I don't really know anything about it. So the, the Mondo Zambina EP, I think that has, Counting on your, I can't say that word on YouTube, counting on your, you know what? 
um, friggin' uh, Spring Hill Jack, one of my favorite songs, great friggin' song, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know who Spring Hill Jack was. I learned about Spring Hill Jack from that song, that, that, that great myth. Didn't know who he was. Me too. Um, oh, really? Okay. That's interesting. I'm trying to think, what else is on that? What else is on that record? There were five songs, I think, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Help me out, guys. More in the, uh, Zombie Hop and the New Orleans incident. Yes. Okay, what is the New Orleans incident about? That one's great. Love that song. Um, it was the idea is um, it, it just came from the idea of wouldn't it be cool if you had a song that told the story of a band and all the band members get killed one by one and as they die, their instrument drops out of the song. So it starts off with the full band um, and then like I haven't done it so long. I can't remember who dies first. I think the piano player dies first, so the piano drops yeah. out and then keeps going like that until there's nothing left. And then the ghosts all come back and play her out in the air. <laughs> no, I'm not being facetious when I do that. Like, I didn't never even thought, again, I've, like I said, I've listened to that song for many, many, many years. I never even put, I never even realized that, that the, that the, and now I have to go listen to it. The instruments are dropping out as that's happening. I always assumed that you were writing about something that had happened in New Orleans, but I could never find anything about it. So I didn't know. I thought there was some famous incident in New Orleans with a band that had died. Okay. Like that's what I thought. That's why I was like, this is crazy. Okay. Interesting. And then, yeah, zombie hop is a great song. Um, I love rock and roll. That's on, that's on the, one of the earlier albums. That's just a great, simple track kind of reminds me of the Ramones a little bit, like mm-hmm. even though it's more, I don't know, playful, I guess I would say, I don't know. Great track. Um, what about, okay, let's talk about the record that I can, I mean, I, I can play this record top to bottom over and over again. And I love that it's, tw- it's like 26 minutes long. It's very, very short, which I love. I kind of, I don't like a record that's I mean, it's okay to have a record that's like 60 minutes and you get lost in it and it's fun to get lost. But there's also something about like the urgency of a, of a really short record that you could play three times in an hour. Like if you want to listen to it over and over again. And that's what I love about Death Valley High. I love this record. Is that 26 minutes long? It's, it's under a half hour. It's under a half hour. <laughs> oh my God, that is shocking. Yeah. That's all right for a yeah. concept album, isn't it? <laughs> Dude, and that's what blew me away. I didn't know it was a concept album. I was like, oh my God. It's so, it, but it's like, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And you guys were gonna actually try and shoot a video to go with the music. What happened? Why didn't it happen? What was the plan? Tell me about this. I think we, we just weren't filmmakers. <laughs> we, we, had, we, we really wanted to do it, but it wasn't like we had um, a coherent script or really a plan. It was just like, we must do this and we're always talking about it, but where, where to start, how to do it. We've always been, from. we've always been stoners and we've always had no money. That's another two major factors. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of our stories of like, why didn't you do that thing? Or like, <laughs> what happened? And like, and why are you still unsigned up? And, and why didn't you, <laughs> I think a lot of it is like we were poor and we were, you know, partying. 
and we were playing like we didn't actually have that much time between recording and we did play a lot actually we toured a lot for years didn't we and even even between tours it was just like you know um random shows in the middle of the week um home for a day something else random home for a day just like there was no real kind of it seemed if we were in Liverpool for two weeks, it felt strange. Sometimes I mean, you guys played all over Europe, right? Like just every. It seemed like just going, bing bang, bing bang, boom, all over the place. We um, tended to do like specific like um, countries would be like would have their phase, didn't we? Like mm. it was always all about Germany and like tying in like a bit of like Holland around that, and then. Never really a lot in France, did we? No. Just a bit, just a few times. And then um, Italy, then it was all about Italy. A few in Spain, but yeah, yeah. Let me double back to Death Valley for a second. A, are there more songs in Death Valley? Because did you, did you cut certain songs out or there are certain story elements that might have been excised from the narrative hmm i i literally can't remember <laughs> i don't know i don't know what, what i don't think so we what how does it go well it starts off the kids are all dead okay so that's like that's the end of the movie that's like memento style that's like oh. isn't it and yeah, then you go you're like three weeks earlier or whatever yeah ah. So that sets the storyline, and it's like this is what happened, and then you're like, "But how?" And then it's Lost Boys, right? Oh it yeah, so that's like, yeah, dejected rebels. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got this. I love that. It's like again, it like does like I don't I don't want to call it ska for for lack of a better term. It's like it does this little pickup thing. Yeah, you know, I, mean, the, I love that. It's friggin', it's I great. Drums on that one. It's it's a lot of fun. And then there's the song with where you're taking the vitamins. Oh, at the Megaplex, something at the Megaplex. I love that song. Thinking about making out, like teenage angst. Oh, right. It's like, about it. That's one of my favorites. In fact, some of my favorites are on this album. Villain as well. Villain's great. Bubblegum Machine great. is that on this album? Yeah. Which one? Bubblegum Machine. Yeah. Oh, I want it. Okay. I really want to talk about Bubblegum Machine. But before we get there, then there's My TV, which was... Oh, another okay. favorite. No, you don't understand. This is how I woke up every single day because my alarm clock was My TV. So oh. every day I would wake up to... Good morning, My TV. Oh and my I just love the lyrics. Like, you're the only one who appreciates me. Like it just, it just, again, like you really capture the sense of like, not even just teenage like angst, but have you ever noticed like in a lot of, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking of like Greg Araki movies. You guys know Greg Araki did the Doom Generation, Doom Generation, um, Nowhere, Totally Fucked Up. He's like this, um, <laughs> you, you ever heard of the, you ever seen the Doom Generation? Of course you have. I'm sure you, you got had to see with with Rose McGowan and uh, James Duvall, and they're yeah. traveling. It, in any case, my point is is that all of these film it, it really captures that there's there's teenage angst, and then there's also like this thing where it's like it's like teenage angst mixed with death, like the idea of dying very very young. 
And I really, it's like, it's like this interesting sort of energy that is very present on this album in particular. And, the, and again, like songs like My TV about like just this idea of, of literally having this bond with the TV and filling your head up full of, you know, dumb, stupid stuff, because why not? Um, I think it was also biographical, wasn't it, Doc, when oh, you yeah. wrote it? Yeah, I was um, very much more into television than human interaction. <laughs> when we when we started hanging out, he taught me so much culturally, all from the telly. Really? Yeah. Wait. So, have you guys ever seen Threads? No, I've always intended to. Holy shit! Up. Holy shit! This is okay. I, I watch a lot of. I watch a lot of horror. I love horror stuff. I'm sure you guys do too. I, I'm not. Nothing bothers me. Nothing. I can watch any horror thing the only thing i can't watch to i can't watch uh stuff that happens to children anything even if it's not a horror movie anything that happens to kids i ugh, like that that can't i i don't know what it is maybe i maybe it's because i have kids i don't know what it is i just i like, can't i weep for the children <laughs> i weep for the children but, <laughs> but um there's something about nuclear holocaust that is so terrifying and threads captures that so well you must see it i'm surprised i, th I thought that was like a cult staple in england gotta it, check it, it out is, but i've still just never, oh. never felt strong enough to <laughs> go down the road you, you have to be in the right mindset you can't you can't go into it just sort of like willy-nilly you got to be ready to see some shit in order to really <laughs> handle it but it is unpack that you know jeff my okay. um I, I reckon i'm past it then my like horror tastes have gone so mild now that doc horror is always like coming around at the moment and like gently talking to me about certain movies that he'd really like me to watch and he's like but it's a bit and i'm just like mm -mm. you can't do it what about you like scream you fan of scream at all yeah it was great but at the time at the time, yeah. I was terrified of it, wasn't I, Doc? Mm. Do you remember that for years my like thing was like, "Oh my God, the Scream mask." I love this. I love those Scream movies. They're like Scooby Doo. It's like Scooby Doo horror. Yeah, you know, it's like that's what's so fun. Uh, speaking of Scooby Doo, all right. So then you got this acapella track on Death Valley High, which like blows because I'm sitting here going like, "How did they? How do you think to write this?" In all honesty, like, how does this come? And again. I, I think back to just the eclectic nature, which is like a number one. If someone says like, what is Zombie and the Skeletons all about? I would just say they are eclectic. They don't like, they don't cement themselves to anyone's style and just sort of like, you know what? I feel like writing a song on a xylophone about Vincent Price. Let's do that. It's freaking amazing. Or hey, let's do a, let's do a song with like a Scooby-Doo chorus about trying to sneak into the prom. <laughs> it's just so it's so great and and zombina you're doing you're doing there's also the 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 guess what i love you song and you're doing the american voice like oh jamie you gotta love it it's so great which is hilarious how's my accent is it, it good? oh it's it's wonderful it's it is, it's wonderful in american it's wonderful in scouse it's great. You, you're doing great. It's good. Um, 
but I, I love that. That little bit is great too. Villain's a good song. Villain's a great song. You know, you got that weird little, it's like a, sounds like an electrical clavicle, like a clavicle, right? What is that, that thing? It sounds like something from GarageBand and I, that is not, <laughs> that's not a put down. That's not a put down. It just sounds, that's like what it reminds me of. And you know, I don't know. It's really, but that's what I'm talking about. It's like, hey, let's throw this instrument on. Let's do that. Let's do something with, with this instrument. Yeah, John's really, really great. Love that sound at the time. I think. There's, I think there's a couple of songs. Oh, oh, what else do you do? You remember what what else you might have uh, sort uh, of uh, used it for? If it, if it comes to you, let me know. There's lots of like do 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 things. Um, it might be it might be like other songs in that album, like End of the World, might have it on. There's a lot of stuff <sighs> on there. That's a great song. Oh God, this is my favorite Zombina album. I haven't thought of the track list. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to warm to it now that we're talking about it. Um, it really oh, is. Like, this is so awesome to talk about this with you guys. Cause like I said, I've listened to this album so many friggin' times, like hundreds of times I've listened to this album. I think it's a phenomenal album. Um, there's, and there's two different covers for it too. There's one where it's like a weird patchwork cover. And then there's oh, one. We, we, that's a f amazing fan art. Yeah. Oh, really? I really did. doesn't mind us having it on a band camp, actually, because I don't know if we ever really had a conversation about it. Didn't you ask her? She's called Selena Laverne Day. She's amazing. She's like a, a fabric, like felt applique artist. I don't wow. know if that's the right terminology for what she does, but check her out. I will. Selena Laverne Day. Um. She used to come to our shows in Manchester and she just was always like dressed in some sort of like unbelievable outfit and she's just, yeah, a star. She, she she had an affinity for that album or was that just like, oh, I, I could easily replicate this artwork and do the thing or you just... I think, did she do like an album covers thing? Was it like one of many album covers that she... I'm not sure, you know, she she just well, is quite prolific, isn't she? So I've seen loads mm. of stuff she's done, but I, I don't know if it was. We must, we will have asked her, won't we? We did ask her that we could use that. You know what? Sounds like you've done it. I'm sure she's I'm sure she's honored no matter what. <laughs> I, I would be, if I crocheted that and gave it to you guys, I would be honored if it was, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, do it. You've brought up an important issue here that, that we'll have to chase off. You, you will, you will, but you'll, 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 you'll figure it out. You'll, you'll straighten but it out. I lovingly made the original artwork and it was very detailed um, with the storyline in mind. Like I got quite deep into it. It's great. It's really, really great. And then what happens after there's, oh, uh, your girlfriend's head rolls off her shoulders. The, the girl, uh, chopping off your head girlfriend's head i talked about how much i love the, the the album but i don't know the the titles because you gotta understand i don't listen to one song if i'm gonna listen to the one song i'm gonna put the album on from the beginning and i just listen to it all the way to the end and i just think of it as death valley high right you know yeah, so it's just 20, 20 odd minutes long <laughs> oh my god it's so short but like in a wonderful way and then there's uh uh, uh dissolve ray Janie's got a dissolve already. And I'll tell you, that song is really sort of like there is it's it's kind of it, it it's really, really creepy. 
like in the sense of like, when you think about, again, talking about teen angst and teen, you know, like uh, uh, the way that, you know, like dying young and then how it relates to like, I, I, I will, let's just leave it at this current events or events that happen in the real world. It all kind of like ties together thematically in that kind of way, in a much more campy sci-fi-ish kind of way. And then here's what I never understood about your concept here. So she's got a dissolve array that the evil genius from villain built for her. But then how does everybody turn into vampires or how does everybody like, or whatever, like how does everybody going to die at the end? Like what, that's why I was saying, is there it's stuff like big, that. It's like a big carry thing. She just dissolves everyone. Okay. You know, a, a, not sure exactly what happens because <laughs> I can't remember if we if we ever really decided exactly what happens. But yeah, she just dissolves everyone, and then she ends up in the like asylum, doesn't she? Right before she before she gets the no, she ends up in the asylum because she cut off the girlfriend's head with an axe. Oh wow, yes, yeah. so, so is it at the end of that that bit? And then after she goes to the asylum, she gets out. Yeah, that's the waiting. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, blah, blah, blah. You know, the waiting, ah, the waiting. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then ah. after the waiting, it goes into uh, 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 Janie's been acting really weird, and it's like, do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, my God. So she came back? Yeah, Janie's got a dissolve. I forgot that. So she got out. It was like the sequel came in the last two tracks. She's back. She comes back. Well, she gets locked up. She gets her revenge. She comes back. It's like you said, the Carrie thing. But then it's like everybody's going to die at the end with the end of the world track, which is great because it's something like in the morning, I get ready for the night, which has, which is such like a, it's a line that really captures my imagination. It kind of re- reminds me of, do you guys know the author of Fight Club, Chuck Palat? Palat in there, yeah. All right. So he wrote a, he wrote a book called Rant where everybody gets rabies and they like kind of turn nocturnal and like go out. But like, I don't know, it has something to do with like saliva. I think of this book when I think about that line in your song and I don't know, it just, it really captures my imagination. Like everybody turning into vampires or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then the final song, which is, I, I don't really think I have a favorite song on the album, but like this song really, really, uh, really hit me hard when I first heard it because it's so upbeat and the lyrics, it's just that beautiful dichotomy of dynamic contrast, beautiful melody with macabre lyrics and I'm like, didn't, you know, I didn't have the lyric sheet when I'm listening to this thing. I'm going, wait a minute, like, wait a minute, what? What's going on? Is he strangling her with a friggin' ring with a necklace that he found in a bubblegum machine? That's why it's called a bubblegum machine? So how does this song tie into the rest of the story? You have to solve the mystery. That's just kind of like a flashback to the... Um... To the sort of love story that you know the way she saw it as a kind of a, um I, I don't think anyone dies in that song i think that's more of a kind of 
Um, that, that's just it's just that's just a nice song. I no, love it's, been, it's been a long time, baby. Now, now everyone's dead. We're just they're, they're, you know remembering the sweet moments that um, took place along the way. No, it's been a long time, baby. Once a year enough. Yes, oh, I'm yeah. still in love with you. Yes, I agree. I'm still in mourning because I don't want to dig you up. I still got you. I still I got you in my blood. While I still got you in my got you blood. in my blood. It was on a night like this when I gave you that ring. I knocked over a bubblegum machine. It's too big for your finger, baby. So put it around your neck and don't forget. And and something it didn't something didn't didn't matter. The sadness in your eyes. I'm sorry that you had to die. Yeah. It's such an ugly way. What do you mean? It's not about killing her. It's totally about killing. No, but she's uh, she's alive. He's he's dead. The guy she liked. Um, and she's just remembering stuff. It's just like wow. a morning, a morning song. Wow. Remembering the good times. Because it's because at the very end of the song, you hear the projector ring around your neck just a little bit of string it's not like ah, you know. okay <laughs> you're blowing my mind right now because i just always thought this was a th- i mean this is a really this is probably i think this is the best song on the album it's it's really it's a really good track there's a reason why it's the final track but i'm always thinking maybe it's a bonus track because it doesn't really seem to me to fit with the rest of the stuff but then at the very end you hear the projector go just the way you hear it start at the beginning for that first song. Mm. So I was like, okay, so this is thematically, it's supposed to be one concept album. And what, a, again, what a, what a brilliant album it is. You guys, I love this thing. It's wonderful. Thank you. So thank you for talking to us about that. That was really nice to think about. Like, I, I think mm. I love it too. I haven't heard it for so long. You should listen to it. Maybe not now we should maybe now we would be able to make the film because we can't real realistically tour, can we, for quite a while? There's so a way maybe there not. is a way to make that movie. There is a way to make that movie. Oh Jeff, and, are you making a proposal? Uh, well, actually, maybe I am. Maybe I am. We could talk about that. I was just thinking in the head of how you would make that movie for no money, and there is absolutely a way to make that movie for no money. So if that is something that you are interested in, we could talk about that. I would talk about that with you guys, for sure, for sure. Um, let, so, so, so what happens from that album, then you record Out of the Crypt, Into Your Heart. That's like the 10th anniversary album, right? And is, what, where is the big push where you guys are, because isn't there a point in your, in your band history where you, are, you guys are just sort of really pushing it like grinding to become like to take it into a a, a level a a level above the level that you're already at can you talk a little bit about that (laughs) we're both like where are we (laughs) can't access (laughs) yeah now that we went we went to a real recording studio we shopped it around record labels we did all the proper stuff that bands are supposed to do for a change instead of trying to do DIY like we would normally do. Um, I think we, we still recorded it mainly at home and then there was this whole confusing process where we were replacing um, drum machines from demos with like Ben had to play over them oh, in a real recording studio. Yeah. And then, but then his playing would then get 
turn of the triggers and yeah, there was like reamped guitars like we had to like actually rent like a, a decent guitar which wouldn't we, we would normally just record on trash but it was like playing on a real les paul that we rented for a few days and um at the ibox and things like that and then he put it through the producer put it through real guitar amps and made it sound like <clears throat> a normal record was well, that was the idea we just wanted to do something that sounded competitive and not like quiet and everyone else's records and things like that but i do think it does kind of have a little bit less of our identity that record than the others like it's a little bit more standard in a way sound wise i don't know I mean, it sounds great. They all sound, I mean, like, apart from like the, the very earliest recordings that I've heard of you guys sound like very much like home recordings, not in a bad way. They just sound like they were made at home. But the stuff that like, for instance, Death Valley High sounds like it's done to me, sound, sounded like no different to me than say, Out of the Crypt into Your Heart. As a music consumer with no musical background, I'm going, there's no difference to me, which kind of like, you know, I've, I've heard other musicians have this sort of attitude about like, who cares? Like, who cares where, as long as you're, the, if the songs are catchy and, you know, you can do it. I mean, look at, are, are you guys into the Pixies at all? You like Pixies? Okay. The way that they recorded Surfer Rosa. I don't know if you're familiar with how they did that with um, Steve Albini from uh, Big Black and Shellac. Like, they're like recording it in like bathrooms and like long narrow hallways and that's why that's why surferosa sounds like surferosa you know it doesn't sound like it's made in the studio because it's not it's made in some weird factory which i think is way cooler or do you know the mummies at all a little yeah the mummies have this really interesting philosophy called no budget where they're just like they record on I mean, whatever they can get their hands on. Hmm. Like they just put a micro, like, you know, they're trying to emulate what the Sonics did in the sixties when the Sonics have this really sort of weird drum sound where it's just, they just took a microphone and they put it up here and just captured the whole kit, you know? And it just sounds, it just has this, it has a sound to it, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, it didn't come from like a, like a proper studio, but like, who cares? It sounds interesting and new, unique, you know? So I feel like that all that stuff at the end, no, you, the people that are listening to the music aren't going to remember where it was recorded. They're going to, you know, remember it for the great songs, you know? So. Indeed. Uh, and then you guys did, now this is where I was really, I was on your mailing list. You did, you put out the, the, the seven inch. I don't know if you put out more seven inches, but you put out, that was a seven inch you put out which I picked up the, um, the teenage caveman future futuristic seven inch. Yeah. 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 Which is super fun, super fun music videos. Great, great release, great packaging. You did that yourself completely. Um, no, there were still bits that were done in the studio. Um, oh, okay. On, on, on teenage caveman. I think future life was pretty much a home recording. No, but I mean, in terms of distribution. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wow. We tried. To, we, we had an idea for a, um, a campaign. We were trying to get um, Halloween number one in the UK, but that didn't, um, <laughs> yeah. that didn't go very well. But but we, but it, we had fun trying. Like we were getting in touch with like radio stations, and we were on tour during the time we were trying to promote it. So we had to like designate 
a friend to go around doing interviews for us, like a like a spokesperson. Yeah. Um, was that Howard be their name? Hey. Howard be thy name? Did he do that? Yeah. Which is you guys have all these great nicknames. I love this. Like there's all these, <laughs> you know, all these these fun these fun punk rock stage names. Oh, and he's so a brilliant me... Liverpool character. He um he introduces you know like you said there was all these like offshoot bands. You know we did this band White Blackula. He introduced oh, I know I know White, White Blackula um, Pyramid Twist video. Yeah, the guy at the start who's video. like the um the host. That's how would be thy name. What? Wait, why? Okay, I remember that. Yeah, you guys were doing like a YouTube thing for a while with that too. So what? where did White, White Blackula come from? And how did that? And then that started happening after, I think, that was before, what, what's the, um, with Don't Go Into the Light on it, uh, Carnal House Rock, I think it is yeah. something, right? Uh, which I also picked up. And you did a great video for that song, Don't Go Into Light. That's a really fun, that is a really fun music video. Great song, great music video. But what, when did, so what's going on with White Blackula and Zombina at this time? Because it seems like you guys, in the last decade, you kind of pick it up, you put it down. You pick it up, you put it down. Yeah, um, like, very sessional. That album was, like, we actually had that sort of finished in, like, 2011. Um like before we started white black or anything but then really yeah i don't know what I, th I, I don't know what the delay was in getting it out but there was just probably just me i think it was just me being useless um <laughs> but it took like another four years to actually release it by which time we had another band um that we were doing just to see what would happen <laughs> and, um yeah and you've done a bunch so you had a band called el toro and that was like a surf band yeah. And then your your main band right now is Double Echoes. Yeah. Right? Which is kind of like an echo know. singular. A double echo, sorry. Double echo. <laughs> and that's more like, I guess, post punk. Is that the best way yeah. to right? Which well, is the, fun. the latest album by the, the latest album that they've done is like full on synth pop. It, it's, it's quite really yeah. And so but you're like, I don't want to come up with a new band name for changing the style of the music. Or is it like, oh no, Double Echo is evolving into synth yeah, pop. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of kind of changed over time. That's cool. But that's, that's the way you're meant to do it, isn't it? You, you do a, yeah. the garage rock band and then you do a post-punk band and then you eventually turn into synth pop. The yeah. progression. <laughs> well, I mean, why not? Why not? And then... I was like, you know, because I'm always like checking on the bands I like, you know, when something else coming out. And then you put out these four EPs, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're still, so, because uh, cause I was like, I was like, you know, where, where is Zombina and the Skeletons? Are they, are they down? And then at the same time, you guys almost came to America. And I've been, over the last 10 years, anytime there's like a post on Facebook, I'm like, come to America. You guys should come to America. <laughs> like, and you almost did in 2013 or 2014. It didn't work out. You didn't, mm. you didn't end up coming over. I was very, very heartbroken because I was going to be at whatever show that was to see you guys make your American uh, grand entrance. <sighs> it's a bit painful for us that we've never been. Like, I used to, like, I used to, like, sort mm. of, like, when I was a, a teenager, I had that sort of, like, 
thing of like being like, oh, America's so cool and all that. And then, um, you know, that changed over the years into different feelings. No offense to the American people, I, but you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you talk about, um, you're talking about, and I totally understand. <laughs> although, although by, by that point and over the years, we've like, like sort of just like become aware of so many like individuals in, like you, like so many people in America that are like zombie like crew, you know, that we're like, we, we know, we know you guys and we just, it really is, it is a bit painful. We want to play for you guys and we want to meet you in person. So it's, it's a bit mm -hmm. shit. Cause it's just, it seems like this, it seems like this unachievable thing when you, you've got no budget and no like backing like it's getting your band to the US seems like it's basically barred, it's banned. Mm -hmm. So it's just never been never been tangible, you know, but like well, we, we have, really we do, it. really, really do want to come and like actually like We should see have just you. sent you over and had a pickup band be the skeletons for that time. That would have been a sensible that, solution. That <laughs> makes listen, you, you know the green jello guy, right? Mm. So what he does is he has satellite bands around the world. This is crazy. Green Jello, they have the world record for most members in a band. And what he does is wow. he flies, he flies into a country, into a country, into a state. I think he really only plays in the States. He doesn't, he doesn't go across the pond. But he flies in with his punk rock puppets. I shot one of these shows in Brooklyn. It was crazy. He comes in with all these duct tape puppets and he puts them on the people's heads. The satellite band, which is a full functional band, know all, know the set list. He gets up, he does his he does his thing, and he he goes back to California, and that's how he has you know. Uh, and his guarantees are really small, I guess. I don't know for maybe for 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 someone who who won a Grammy, I would think maybe it would be might be able to command some something more but i think maybe you know at the end of the day that is kind of a viable you know a solution when you presented with a situation I mean, you think about the numbers you know i fly myself and my family we fly out of the country every year because my wife is not from the states and so we fly thousands of miles um to visit her family which is where i'm at right now and, and what country it, is it? Uh, um, I'm in, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Israel. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I'm in Israel right now. And it is very expensive to fly here, like really, really expensive. And it's, you know, I can't even imagine between getting work visas and trying to, you know, put, put like, you know, get everybody, you know, get all your ducks in a row and then get everybody over. And it's like, it's so hard to make money with touring, especially like you end up losing your shirt anyway. It's, it's so, it's so hard, you know? I so think we like, were like, I think we were daunted by the first initial like split second of it, weren't we? Like we knew, we knew, but Liverpool bands that had like managed to arrange it and then gone over there and like, you know, you were always being told you had to do this thing of like, pretend you're going to a wedding, you're going to a wedding, you're booked on the flight on a different seat further back down the plane, you're going to like, you're a tourist, you just want to like see 
the Empire State Building or whatever. And this other one, these other two down there, you're going because like you granny lives that you know it was like we were always being told that weren't we and so it was like you've got right you've got to do it like that but then it's like oh when you get there like because there's like a couple of you with a guitar or whatever or then they're gonna find out and turn you back at the gate and that happens on the internet saying that you're playing there and it's like all the way from the uk yeah and then then you get turned away at the gate sent home so i did i did the hell knights tour with um blitz kid um in 2012 and we experienced some of that you know with the whole it i mean that's kind of like the way especially going into russia it's like they're very very strict and the, the whole russia visa thing is like a nightmare it's like a real it's really crazy and then it's it's incredible to me because then you know when you're in the EU or whatever, you can just, it's just like driving from one state to another state. If you're going from country to country for the most part, except it's a lot neater. There's no trash anywhere because everybody picks up after themselves as opposed to like, you know, (laughs) you you go into, um, you go into wherever if you're stopping at a Burger King or something and your, your, your burger is like, is like this big and you're just like, it's like that American mentality of like, why is my burger so, why is my burger so small? Where's my big burger? Yeah. I'm still sad I've not experienced that part of America as well. I used to be so excited about that. Seriously, that still lives on in fantasy. It's like American food, like American big food. That's it is. Insert like the Cheesecake Factory, which is like the most disgusting place in the history of the world. It's like really gross, but I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's like, it's like America personified in terms of like, you know, one salad is like 2,500 calories. (laughs) What's in it? What's in it? It's all, you know, you know what they say, you know what they say, the sauce is the boss. So it's... (laughs) Like, like thick, creamy, caramel, drizzle, pecan, cranberry, you oh, know, stop it. just whatever, just like, you know, just, I, I used to work, I used to work at a cheesecake factory, so I know the, the, the menu, but it's like one cheese, one entree, one salad and one slice of cheesecake for one person could easily be split by two people. And it's not even about being cheap or thrifty. It's just the portions, the portions are just so ridiculous you know and it's not like not everything in, in not everything about american food is big like that but like you know it's just when you go to the eu and you go to whatever a fast food joint or whatever if you, you know you're on tour or whatever and you it, it's just funny because you see like like what a normal sized calor- caloric intake should be and then here it's like people have a screw loose with you know that kind of thing and when when Subway came to the UK, they were told um, they couldn't legally call it bread. Really? Yeah, <laughs> they had to change the recipe because it that was like, is bananas. That is bananas. And mm-hmm. was that like a big thing when Subway came to UK? Yeah, I think, I think they got. Uh, it was after a few years of um, Subways popping up everywhere. There was like some inquiry, and it was like, we can't. We, that, that's that's not bread. We're not allowed to sell that. And we had to change it. The tuna's not real. Tuna is not real. It's made out of mushrooms. What? So, yeah. 
Yeah, Subway I mean, tuna. I've had the tuna there, but it's yeah. made of mushrooms. Something like that. Don't quote me on that. It's something like that. It's like uh, <laughs> this is our like, start. It's something. It's something crazy. But you know what's funny? Actually, I've actually sort of. It's so weird. Like the the older I get, the more I've gravitated towards these new invent these new inventions of like beyond. <laughs> Beyond Burger, Impossible Burger. Love you know, them. Have you? Oh my God, the Impossible Burger is really, really, really good. My my I wife is. That one. I've, I have not that type, but they're good. They're really, really good. My wife, who is kosher, eats vegetarian outside of the house. I'm not kosher, but she likes to go to. She likes to eat Burger King in a pinch, you know, quick meal, because it, you know, it's just a really good burger that, and you know, the thing is, you know, even though you don't want to spend money at a place like Burger King at the same time, if you buy the vegetarian option, then perhaps they'll make more vegetarian options as opposed to, you know, the other way around. So yeah, I can maybe it works. That. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Um, so tell me what, so, so where are things right now? with was that everything. your oh jeff this is this is the cat that i gave away because i started having babies and he got so unhappy and doc horror and his partner ellen took him on and like he's their baby now well let's see him what's his name yuri yuri there's, two up, there's, two, there's yuri and luna brother and sister yuri and luna Oh, hello. Oh. hello. Wow. Wow. Sorry about that. I haven't seen him for ages. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You know, it's funny. Every time, it's not easy. It's not easy having having the having kittens and having kids and all the, 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 the chaos and the mishigas. And, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. Um, but but let me ask you guys. So so where are because you put out that EP? No, not an EP. You put out four EPs that kind of make like a like an album kind of deal mm -hmm. situation. So the the door is like the door like half open on Zombina. Zombina is something that like always kind of exists in the periphery, and then like any time it's like okay, time to dust it off. Let's let's do something. Or like, what's the deal these days? Yeah, it's absolutely something we can come back to and do when the time is right. It's just um, the time is very rarely right. But um, we haven't, like, most of our ex-members are still members to some extent. Like, I think everyone's still friends and we can kind of put together versions of the band according to what's what's suitable for the time and things like that. And we're, do we're doing things, um, just me and Zambina have been done, done a couple of things together. Um, have you heard the reason? Tell me about that. <laughs> Um, if you look at our band camp, there's two things from last year. Um, we did um, a couple of cover versions from um, the Gremlins and Critters soundtracks. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and we did uh, a couple of originals as well, which um, which are all good fun songs. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I think this is how our correspondence, our most recent correspondence oh, yeah. began, because I got an update about that. I listened to those songs. I have, yes, okay, I have heard this stuff. I listened to that and I was like, you know, 
because I've been wanting to uh, have you guys in, uh, you know, on one of my shows in some sort of interview capacity for, for a long time. And that's how this whole jamboree got started in the first place. So, um, Zambina, let me ask you this. What, so what are, you know, you, you, you have a family now. What, what else are you up to? Now, you had for a while, and I really love the name of the store, you had alligator wine, which was you kind of doing these like, you know, uh, jewelry stuff, that kind of stuff. Um, is that still going on or is that kind of taking the back burner? What, like, what's your deal? What are you, what are you up to? I've, I've, I think I've still got the store, but I just keep like, to be totally honest, like every now and then, like I get a shock because someone's bought something and I'm like, <laughs> ah, I'm so sorry, but. I don't actually know where it is. And so I just refund them and then put the store in holiday mode because I'm like, shit, I didn't realize I was saying this stuff was available. I don't know where my stock is. Um, yeah, um, my life has just been so chaotic. Um, and so I don't know. I've, I've, I've got like a bit of a like, I've got a part-time like real job at the moment just recently. I'm like working with young people. It's like a charity and we do um like comic book making workshops with like um marginalized youth groups. It's really good. So um that's a new that's thing. Really yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome so far. Um and then yeah, the 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 other half of my week is technically free, but yeah, still got young very young children so you know what that's like it's just like free time doesn't exist my my oldest is going to start school in september and that's a bit like the holy grail isn't it it's like school age like there's those hours of the day where they're like being looked after being educated not with you <laughs> they're much more able to like you know they've got some independence like even if it's just physically you know and like just that this sort of pressure is off a little bit with kind of the extre the extremity of care that you give to a baby you know and a toddler and but i've got a, i've got a toddler again so i'm still uh still super busy with that but me and doc are trying meet up and like yeah keep it going those those recordings that we've managed to do over the past few years while i have had any children um i've just been nuts like talk about like rinsing the fun out of like spending time in the studio two musicians together like working on things like it's been fun but we've been more like oh my god like give us a medal for like absolute churning out a track like Doc Horace just like got some sort of like bare bones version of the track there and he's like okay this is the song we're doing and then I learn it within like 20 minutes just listen to it again and again and again and again and then we record it and sometimes we've even had to record it in like small chunks because we've had that little time like there's been a breastfed baby in the next room crying or something and I'm just there quickly trying to like get it done and so he's going like okay this half of us this is how it sounds and I'm listening and going okay and like just aping it like we've had to come up with some real like fast food ways of recording haven't we um i look forward to like giving it some process you know in the future next couple of years it'd be nice to like 
do things that we used to do when we were kids and we had no responsibility like go away to like someone's you know someone's auntie's house in the country or something and it was my auntie and um become, and record something over a week of just god i've got children this sort of like this sort of reality is going to be like 30 years <laughs> just go away on holiday for a week and <laughs> Yeah, it was great when we had that sort of boot camp situation at your auntie's house, so it was just everyone locked in a shed. Oh, it was so good. We were going to make a film then as well, weren't we? Mm. What was it called? What was it called? Yeah. The album? No, that film we were going to make in Cherry Bush. We were going to make a film there? Yeah, about about that. It was a bit Spring Hill Jackish. It was Jim's obsession. Yeah, Don't you remember? I remember nothing. And it was a killer with a top hat prowling around the house. That sounds like Spring Hill Jack. And it was me. Yeah, it was very Spring Hill Jackish. I think maybe it was. Right. It was going to be a full film. I, yeah. I think, yeah, that, that sounds like a load of things mixed together to me, actually. But you're probably right. That would be my brain. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, hearing you guys talk about this stuff, it's kind of like that. that's what, you know, Charles Pukowski, the writer, he's always talking about like, you gotta create whenever you can create, like, you know, in the, in whatever gap you can find to like, you know, make, to make something happen, try and, try and do what you can, or, you know, fill, fill up that time and just, just, just make it, make it work any which way you can. But that's interesting. So you would go, so, you, you would get, you know, rally the troops, go to a place and be like, okay, we're going to, you know, bang, bang this thing out, or we're going to shoot this thing, or we're going to do this thing and sort of like organize it that way to sort of uh, get stuff done. The thing I was thinking of was we, we had to record the Channel House Rock album, and we also had the um, Town Light store booked in, and we'd lost some members, we'd gained some members, and it was just kind of... Uh, intense kind of learning and writing so it was like the only way to do it was if we did it you know in order to be ready for the as a living thing yeah we just had to do it every single day and the only way to do wow. that really was to just drag everyone into the countryside and say you know you can't do anything <laughs> you're not allowed to do anything else except for this um there's a little bit of footage of it if you've ever seen uh hell knight's video that we made i have seen that video that, that sort of bunker yes. that we're in at the beginning that was it it was just um i don't remember that part but i do remember the very beginning it's like, yeah. one time, you know, when you go down a YouTube rabbit hole and you're looking mm. for live footage of a band that you like, I, that's when I found that. I found some, so, yeah, it was a Hell Nights video. Is that on YouTube? Yeah. It's on it YouTube. Was, we, 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 that didn't come out for a long time because we were really hoping to get Dr. Chud's um, camera phone footage, which would have completed some of the um, storylines and things. But He had a VCR, uh, I mean, a, a camera oh, phone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. All I can say is I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. But that is, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's fun, you know. To just, I mean, that's the beauty of. I mean, that's the beauty of having like a camera on the road. You get to capture these wonderful moments, put it together, and then it's like, you know, <laughs> throw it up on YouTube, you know, and just have it there. People can discover it and sort of see it when they want to see it, you know. 
I think it's severely edited. There was there's a lot of dark moments. Oh, I thought it was very squeaky clean. It was very <laughs> I I thought it, there was nothing there was nothing scandalous going on in 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 that video. There's nothing it was very just sort of we're a band having fun playing our songs on the road, and that was it. Literally. That, that edit Docora. Yeah, so he could have done a real cruel edit, I think. To me, is that you? You do the edits. You do a lot of the editing, Doc. Yeah, if you can call it that. <laughs> I think. Do you you edit the music videos too? That music video you did, the Dracula. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was the, that was the the one that was I directed as well. Yeah, um, I mean, so often Zombie yeah. directs them. Oh, okay, okay. So you, get, you, you you trade it off. You do a little bit. It's you know it's hard and it's also it's hard to find people that are on your wavelength where you like want to collaborate and do stuff. I think it's so beautiful. You guys have been collaborating for so long. You always like make time for no matter what. It seems you always make time for each other in your lives to 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 find a way to make something happen, you know, and put something out. So it's kind of I think that's pretty amazing, you know. And I hope it uh, truly hope it continues in in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I hope to get those little emails with this track or that track and yada, yada, yada. So I think it's pretty great. Um, what's going on? Is there anything going on with Double Echo coming up currently, yada, 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 that maybe people might want to know about? Um, I'd say go and listen to our new album, which is called A Little a Little Moon. Um, little Moon. It's another name, it's just a little... You know, you can you know with Unicode characters you can type. Yeah, like sometimes it's a little it's a little crescent moon. And the name of the album. So and you put that on on vinyl yourself. Yeah, uh, no, no, that's a record label called Fabrica Records. Wonderful. Um, in Athens. Um, wow. I put it up and um, but we're not we're, we're not doing loads right now because um, our guitarist has just moved to upstate New York. Um. I'm from, that's where I live, is upstate. No, oh, I live in upstate Rochdale. New York. Wait, where? Rochdale. Rochdale? Oh, yeah, that's, Rochester. yeah, that's, yeah, that's, okay. That is really, really upstate New York. I live in yeah, Westchester. By Canada. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that might, that's, that's not even New York State. That's like another country. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> like, here's the thing you have to realize about New York. You have New York, you have Manhattan, right? This is Manhattan. Then you have, Brooklyn, Staten, you have the, the boroughs, right? And then that is, so Manhattan is New York City. But then mm. with the boroughs, that's also New York City, right? But then that's like kind of like bigger. But then sitting right above the Bronx is Westchester County. That's where mm. I live. It's about 35 minutes to New York City. It's really nice because you can be, you know, away from the city or you could be in the city. You know, it's like, oh, Friggin' Bauhaus is playing in November. Just jam down, go see Bauhaus, yada, 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 whatever. Who cares? You know, just boom, boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> anything above Westchester, in my humble opinion, might as well be North Country. It's another world. As a matter of fact, mm. in the history of states, talk about American history, you know, there are all these times where states were going to split up into smaller states, like Texas was going to become seven Texases. We're going to be seven different Texases really? within that. Yeah. California is another one. You know, split up California into like eight different states. 
these you have to understand these states are massive you could fit you could fit 10,000 englands in one texas maybe no that's an exaggeration you can you could fit a lot of englands in a texas mm. and new york is another one it's like you know long island westchester county even parts of new jersey and new york city that's like new york and then everything else is like something else man so rochester would definitely be i think would would fall in, would fit into that is he or your your bandmate is american or english moving to um, america he was he's american but he's from california and huh. he came to study study in liverpool huh. um, and while he was living in liverpool his entire family moved right the way across to the other side of america um, and then during the pandemic, I think he just kind of um, got homesick. Yeah, it was, I think it was just too weird for him. So yeah. How are you guys doing over there? You guys hanging in there? Okay. Yeah, well, everything's opened again now. Um, there's sort of rumors of another lockdown in September. Yeah, the Delta, the Delta's coming, coming. Oh yeah, that's getting everyone. rearing up its its ugly head. Yeah. You know, it's just. I think you, I think it it's survivable. <laughs> If it's like well, they, I, yeah, if you're it, double, but... right, right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm double vaccinated. I'm not worried. Actually, the thing I'm really worried about is my daughter has not been vaccinated yet. She's two and she's starting preschool. And I, you know, this girl is not going to wear a mask. She's just like, a, she's a little boss. Like she just mm -hmm. doesn't want to wear it. Like, and I'm so I'm very concerned that I don't know what we're going to do. Cause they're, cause they're suggesting now, at least in America, the N N NPR is saying that all kids are supposed to wear all kids uh two and two and up two and up are supposed to wear masks so my son does it no very easily no no problem but like how old yeah. is your son my son is going to be six in september so he's really he spent the whole year they never they never went out of school i mean they never had suspended school they were always he was always in school my daughter who my heart goes out to because my daughter was born in 2019 and so she was one year old when this whole thing started. And it's like on one hand, and you know, Zambina, maybe you can relate to this because I know you, have, you said you have, you, I don't know what ages your children are, but like, it's like on one hand, they're not going to remember this at all. Like it'll be, you know, they're, they're not even going to remember it. It'll be out of sight of the mind. But on the other hand, I, my heart goes out to my daughter and all the other children like her who like, when it was winter and it was like just freezing cold, it was just her. I, I, I was a house husband for the last year. And so it was just her and myself. And you can't go outside because it's freezing cold. You can't go to Gymboree or whatever because mm. of COVID. And it's like, how do you keep, how do you keep them busy and, and, you know, whatever. And she's, she's having a great time with her cousins now, which I'm really happy about little cousins. They're all having a great time great summer and whatnot, but it's been, it's not been easy for the, for the kids, you know, truly. Yeah, I agree. Like we, we've got the thing of like, well, ours was only, um, my youngest was only like sort of four, four weeks old when lockdown started. Oh, wow. So, and the, the oldest, I felt for her the most, cause she'd like just become a big sister like so she'd just been usurped basically as like our wow. kid yeah. then she'd like just like gone into like a different room in nursery and like there was lots of like new beginnings that had just started for her and then it all just went 
and it was just like and and you know everyone was stressed as well that's what I think was the worst effect on on the kids is like all the grown-ups were stressed super stressed and like you know what I mean but yeah I think that's the like Doc Harrow was quite upbeat when you were asking how it was all going here with COVID. Like, oh, well, it's, it's all opening up again. But I, I instantly think, like, it's still the, um, it's still the, like, socio-emotional sort of aspect that is just, oh, yeah, like, still so, like... I just mean in sort of ge- in general. But, yeah, I, I'm terrified to go outside. I can't do anything. You were doing, you were doing, like, this weird... You were, like, broadcasting... To, to Facebook and you were like you were like in a pub dressed in like a, a dentist getup or a doctor's getup or something. What were you doing that? He was like a mad scientist. He was like the beat scientist. That's what he was doing. Yeah, he was like a- um, that, that was that was my karaoke night um that I did in the bar that I was working at. Um they were paying me to come in on Saturday nights and dress like that. Uh, it's great. Play tunes that nobody wanted to hear and um let people sing karaoke from um, a very sort of snobby uh, curated list <laughs> didn't contain any of the songs that the usual people who do karaoke want to hear. Um, and they were like, Wait, "Where's Sweet Caroline?" And how come oh there's my no? God. You know, um, oh my god, I hate that like, song. Do the <laughs> I'm sorry, I really don't. It is, <laughs> it is particularly horrible here as well. It's like the one that you hear coming out the pubs. Uh, John Bon Jovi living on a prayer. That's another yeah, no, one. I, see, can't. I don't have that on the Journey. list. People would get very angry. But that was Journey. That was the event. Yeah. yeah, that's. I think that's. It sounds like what you had was anti karaoke, which I think is. But yeah, it was trying to be that. There did start to be some uh, concessions towards the end, like too many, like where people get drunk and they get aggressive, and it's like they're coming every week, so you know that. So some things like. Uh, that you'd always end, end up with uh, there was a guy who wanted to do We Didn't Start the Fire and I just had to put that on there uh, oh. to appease him and total clips of the heart. Although I don't feel so bad about that because it's, you know. She's great. Yeah. Africa by Toto, like a, it, that feels like a funny song, but when you hear it sung in karaoke, it's terrific. <laughs> it's right, you know what's a good karaoke like, song? You know what's a good I just don't like song? seeing people have fun. Uh, yeah. The wrong what's right? up with that? How dare you have fun? Come on, exactly. really? Um, Rock Lobster, that's a really fun song. Yeah, any yeah. B-52 song is just... Love that, I've done a lot. No one ever thinks of one of the Rock Lobster, which is sad. That is, I find that incredibly sad because I think mm. that song... And then there are selfish karaoke songs like Meatloaf. If you do a yeah. Meatloaf song, you're a very selfish person. It's like a very, <laughs> like it's a very long it's a Oh, my time. goodness. It's out of control. Unless maybe if you're doing for crying out loud, that's 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 kind of a short one. It's a little bit shorter. Yeah, I don't remember that one. I like to do the um in in later more recent years, as in I've been to a karaoke box like twice. Um, I like to do Phantom of the Opera, I like both parts. <laughs> okay, that's my jam. You guys like you, you like the movie? Have you guys ever seen the movie Phantom of the Paradise? Yeah. Still it's there. like one of my favorite movies. Oh my Doc, Threads that's two. That's two Doc. Threads. Uh, oh no, three. You should see the Doom Generation. I've got the DVD. To, um, question. Do you guys know the movie Forbidden Zone? Yeah. Yeah. By Richard Elfman. I can't so, think what it is, but I remember we used to watch the Ringo, Ringo movie. 
you know, the, it's yeah, it's the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. With the little guy from um, Fantasy Island. Hervé, yeah. Hervé, whatever his last name is. Yeah. Vervichez or something. Yeah. yeah. Which is a really, really awesome, quirky movie. Here's another one for you to search out, Doc. Please, please watch this film. Both of you guys, please watch this movie. I'm, I'm begging you on my hands and knees. <laughs> I'm begging you to watch this movie. It, it, you can find it. It's out of print, so I don't mind saying it publicly because you can't. Mm. I don't think you can pay to rent or anything. You can find it on YouTube. It's called "Meet the Hollowheads." Mm. That sounds it, good. Oh, it's so. I was like, it should be the title for this. <laughs> me, but that's kind of like. But that's like that's who I am. I am Meet the Hollowheads. Like that. That is me. You know. That's. I tell everybody about this film, but meet the Hollowheads. Imagine live action. It's the episode of the Jetsons where um, whatever his name is, the uh, meet George Jet, Jet George Jetson um, is having the boss over for dinner. But the live action version of that, directed by David Lynch. <laughs> okay, pictures from it now. It looked amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So. It's the only film by this guy. He's the only, it's, he only did one film and he's a special effects guy and it has the kid who plays the oldest vampire in Near Dark with Bill Paxton. Mm. Remember the young kid, Homer? He's, mm. he's actually the oldest vampire. He's older than Lance Hendrickson. He's in this movie. Bobcat, whatever his face is, is in this movie. <laughs> Um, John Glover's in this movie. I mean, this movie is bizarre. Oh, Juliette Lewis's first film. And there is a dance number. There's a song. Because I think every cult film has to have a song, you know, which is why I feel like you guys are like the perfect soundtrack for something. Just hasn't happened yet. Something somewhere. But listen, I, I'm, I have like a greedy... Talking about pigs one last time, piggy pies. I've been a greedy person. I've taken so much of your time and I'm really grateful for it. Thank you, truly. This has been such a treat for me as a big fan of you guys. And I just want to say, honestly, thank you for the wonderful music, truly. It's phenomenal music that really, it's so theatrical. It paints such a picture in your mind when you're listening to it. And I think the biggest crime in the world is that you guys have not invaded America and conquered it. Cause I really feel like the right show, I mean, maybe pre COVID cause COVID is kind of like fucked everything up, but like pre COVID <laughs> that you guys like uh, with the right shows, <laughs> right bookings, right shows, like would have made such a splash and still maybe in the future you will truly <laughs> never say never. <laughs> Stranger things. <laughs> you're American and we're both English. So I think you're expecting us to like come back with some sort of like, yeah. And we're both yes. Like yes, I am. <laughs> yes. No, but you want to know something? Listen, I, here's, I truly believe this. This is again, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a misfits nerd. All I do all day is talk about Glenn Danzig and Jerry only are my favorite people. I call them uncle Glenn and uncle Jerry. And here's the, what I truly believe. I truly believe after the year 2016, 
I think anything in the world is possible because if Glenn and Jerry can share a stage after all that bad blood, that there's enough money in the world, that there are people that will actually pay them enough money that they're willing to consider to get on stage together, even though that they hate each other's guts and play together. Like, I don't think anything's impossible in life. I think anything is impossible because that literally was impossible. There was nothing more. That was never going to happen. That was never. And, you know, people are like, oh, Guns N' Roses reuniting. That's cute. You know, everybody's like, oh, the Eagles. That that was a bit. Yeah, whatever. Like the Misfits, like that was the greatest reunion of all time. The greatest. And so if that could happen, anything could happen. Anything is possible, you guys. That's how we have to think about this. You know, it's like what. What what is what is what does Tom Hanks say in Castaway? Do you remember what Tom Hanks says in Castaway? Help. No. <laughs> no, that's what John Lennon says. Help. No, he doesn't say Wilson. He says, you always have to uh go to the beach. When the sun rises, you gotta go to the beach and see what the tide brings in. <laughs> remember? Because he's gonna off himself because there's no hope of getting off the island. And then one day he gets the sail and the sail is just enough wind to get him over the wave and get him out onto the sea. And then he loses Wilson. So, so that's what we have to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you guys so much for doing this. You guys rule. And I, I, I will find a reason or an excuse to have you back on sometime in the future so that I can, listen to your incredible accents and hear you guys talk because you guys are awesome. And thanks. That was lots of fun. Oh uh, my God. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, All right. Well, hold on. Let's say, Otherwise. let's say, hold on. First we're going to say peace and hair grease. Okay. Now the show is over.